everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Today, we're going to recap and review Big Business, a 1988 comedy film starring Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin, each playing two roles as sets of identical twins mismatched at birth. <laughs> the movie made $40 million on a budget of $20 million, and of course, it stars two of the most iconic actresses of our time. We don't have time to list out the number of Grammys, Tonys, Oscars, SAG Awards, and other awards and nominations held by these two women. I mean, I literally waited up until just before we were about to record to try to count them up, and it was too much. I couldn't <laughs> do it quickly, okay? They have so many awards, you know. And for some, this cast alone would be enough to consider this movie a classic. But today, we will determine whether it is a classic from the right perspective. We'll do a recap, discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol picked especially for this discussion. But let's start with intros. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright. I'm the oldest. I'm Janiah Wright. I'm the middle. And I'm Brittany Wright, and I'm the youngest. Yay! And y'all, this movie is a flash to the past. Okay. Yeah. We watched it a lot. Yes, we did growing up. Yeah, it used to come on TV often. Yes. I, I, don't, I don't remember it being on TV like that. I remember this I remember and that. I remember I, I, um, feel, I feel like it was a, it was a giant eagle rental situation. <laughs> I think it was both. Okay. And I this and Parent Trap. I remember. I feel like they yes. used to come on television like all the time. <laughs> this, when we had chicken pox, Parent Trap was on the It was entire- like Parent Trap News. <laughs> It's like, they sick again, don't worry, we got y'all. They had, they had it on a loop, and we just watched it over and over. Over and over. Oh, man. And you all know what other movie came to mind as, as I was just thinking about, like, big business and, like, Parent Trap and, like, the movies we watched in that period was Big. Do you remember Big with Tom Hanks? No, you know yeah. what? Big is one of those movies that, like, I saw it recently. And it's it, it's kind of disturbing when you think about it. <laughs> when you think about the actual concept yes. of what's going on, it's a little disturbing. But it was a different time. A, listen, becoming an adult and listening to things like I was riding home the other day, and a song or a song from middle school came on, and I was I was singing it verbatim, and I was like. I was singing this when I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, God. the lyrics. These are horrendous. Inappropriate. <laughs> Inappropriate. <laughs> but I knew every word verbatim. I was like, how do I remember this? This is yeah. ridiculous. And when you were singing it at the time, you had no idea what Listen, you were singing about. None. I knew None. that some of it was kind of raunchy because it was like we were church kids and it was it was secular music. So I knew something was going on. <laughs> Ah. Worldly. It was worldly music. It was worldly. worldly. It was yes. worldly music. Oh, the shame. <laughs> and I was listening to it. And I was so I I'm thinking I remember being like sketchy like that. When I was singing the lyrics, I was like, Britney. Ah. What? To the point I had to call one of my friends, like, girl, I've been singing this. This song. is inappropriate. He was like, was it, was it? <laughs> it was um, it was less ride. By Montel Jordan featuring um, people from the uh, No Limit people. Well, let no me let me just say though that I've had those realizations, and not just b- because of like b- like childhood songs, and then growing up and listening to them more carefully. I've been duped as an adult 
you know, mm. the biggest revelation that comes to mind for me was um, Saving All My Love by Whitney Houston. I will never forget. I was a grown woman. OK, singing this song in my home <laughs> at the top of my. Listen, I was put on a concert. Whitney would have been proud of this performance. OK, and and I was I was Be through the whole song being a harlot. I was through the whole song before I was like, wait a minute. This song is a strumpet singing. How, and I'm sitting there singing at the top of my lungs. <laughs> I was like, she got me singing this strumpet song. How dare you, Whitney? What about, what about, um, was it SWV Downtown? Where how'd that go? Well, that's all. You gotta go downtown. <laughs> yeah. That was SWV, right? Am I tripping? I don't know that song. But I've heard that song. I think that is SWV. I Listen. think that's SWV. But I'm just saying it was a whole song. About then, going, listen. About going downtown, yeah. Going downtown. On, on the regular radio. And anyway, there's we're, so we're, many songs like that. We're way off subject. A, okay, we, are, we should get focused. We are None of this. We're not least. off subject because we're talking about the past. But none the of this has anything to time. do. The 80s were a good time. Listen. Oh, Let us get back to big business, a movie mm. from our childhood. But this actually, just to try to make this whole last little segue relevant, this really is evidence <laughs> Of how much this discussion is really evidence of how much this movie, Big Business, was a part of our childhood. Because it just, again, it just organically took us down memory lane like that. Yeah, you true. know, because it truly was so much a part of who we are. True. Bam! And made it relevant. I, 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 hate it. I, I hate it when she stretches, but she still gets it right. <laughs> she still get it right. Like, well, it was like, that was good. <laughs> she was stretching, but it was still good. Well, I, hope, <laughs> I hope you all are willing to stretch with me again on the voting symbol I'm about to recommend because okay, y'all I did not have I did not spend as much time really marinating on the the content and the, the you know to come up with this the, the you know I usually like to have a bunch of symbols that I think I through, really feel and like then I pick one more authentic with our viewing and our listening audience about this symbol and when you came up with it and literally, right? It was, it, we were about to start recording. And by about, like, literally, we were smiling. And I, was just, I was about to say, welcome to the... And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot to get a, I forgot to think of a simple. So Brittany and I, we just gave me like two minutes to think of it. So you all, this is like, uh, this is not my normal process. Okay. But here's what I came up with. Okay. I would like to recommend that for our voting symbol, we use a crib, a baby crib. Now, why? Because number one, this is this is where the whole mix up <laughs> began, right? This was a nurse that clearly was past her prime. Okay. <laughs> this Listen. lady needed to go on home, okay, and collect a pension because she did not even still be out in the working world. Okay. She, Jupiter was, she was doing a horrible job. <laughs> We watched her serve urine when she was supposed to be serving juice. Okay, woman, you're doing a horrible job. And so she is the one that mixed up the babies. And we and so it all happened where she put the wrong, she put the twins in the wrong crib, right? And so it's it's actually where this where the story begins. But it's also, you know, there's something about a crib that is a symbol of home, you know, something about it that is about home and it is about origin. 
And it is the slang term for home. And it's even the slang term for home. <laughs> Thanks, sis. Yes, partnership, collaboration. No, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far. <laughs> partnership and collaboration. No, those you just collaborated. No, those you words just, are strong. You did. You just partnered so, with no, me. That's such a and, strong word. And, and in some ways, <laughs> this movie, you know, is really about like that nature versus nurture argument. It's like, who are you? You know, is is it is it about like is are you at your core um, defined by your surroundings and your environment or are you born into certain things that are just innate to who you are? And in this movie, you know, yeah, these 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 babies got mixed up in these cribs, but there was always something very true about who they were at their core that just continued to fight through even as they were being nurtured into very different environments. And so <laughs> I am going to recommend a crib. All right, you know, that was great. <laughs> Listen, I'm afraid what would have happened if we would have gave you the few days that you normally take. <laughs> I just like to have my like couple of bullets all written up, oh. you know, because I really like to just really think about it and have like I have yeah. several options and I pick yeah. one or I two. Like, I feel like Janai schedules bathroom breaks when she's home alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, y'all don't? <laughs> to each his own. Each Some people just you live just in chaos. Yeah. She, probably, she probably looks at her watch like, gotta hold it. <laughs> Some people choose chaos. That's fine. <laughs> I, I choose order. I choose order. That's just me. So, bro, sis, did y'all come up with any? Uh, well, bro, did you come up with any? I have one, but it's not deep. And it's not, it's just because I just like the polka dot dress. And I feel like, but there's not really a, because it's not through the whole show. It more um, connects with Rose, you know, than Sadie. But just when I see that polka dot dress, it just, that, bro, like that if you dress, just showed it to me. That, bro, that dress is the triumph of, of, of nurture. I mean, <laughs> of, of nature over nurture. When 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 the um when the Jupiter Hollow Sadie buys that, that is her giving into who she really is, not who mm-hmm. she was raised to be. That suit. So, bro, it's actually a very good symbol. I just of thought like, of a, I just thought of a new segment where I'm going to pull random things out of movies and have Janiyah get deep about them <laughs> on the spot. I want to see if she can do it. Like, like, <laughs> so good. It's yeah. So good. So good. But anyway, so that, yeah. that's what I thought. That, that's what I thought. <laughs> sis, you remember we had polka dot dresses for th- for, for oh, Easter gosh, one year? For, every, for everything. Every one holiday. Year. Everything. <laughs> yeah, you like, mean I had on polka dots last week? Um, our dad used to make us matching dresses for all holidays and stuff. And polka dot, one. he liked us in polka dots. He clearly mm-hmm. did. With a yeah. bow. With a bow. With several bows. And white stockings. That's right. That's right. We were shy. Yeah. Couldn't tell us nothing. Oh, yeah. Some patent leather shoes. Yeah. I was was well into my teens, still wearing matching polka dot (laughs) outfits with my sister. Uh, You know what? Again, the audience, she's not being authentic right now. (laughs) My sister still wants to buy the same clothes as me and wear them at the same time. She's a crazy person. Now it's fun to match. At the (laughs) time, it wasn't. 
Brittany came to New York for her birthday a couple years ago, and I got us all these matching outfits. I was like forcing her to wear so ridiculous. And then this one day, this one day she just got dressed. Little did she know I was watching, and I put on a matching outfit. As we were walking down the street in New York, some random person, hey twins. <laughs> Literally, not, I just kept putting on the twins. same outfit. <laughs> So, oh, Brittany loves it. She pretends she does feels it. left out when we don't include him. He doesn't have to worry. We'll always include him from this point on to dress alike. Yeah, no, no, you won't. But I, but but you know what? There were several times though that it wasn't as often. But my color, yeah, oh, they were coordinated. Yours, you know absolutely. So like the tie and the shirt. Because they said mommy and daddy. Mommy and daddy used to wear magic outfits, and then the whole family would be coordinating for holidays. Yeah, man, we were crazy. I remember us doing that. Dude, we have pictures of us all coordinating for like Valentine's Day. You remember this? Oh yeah, there's evidence. I I mean, if you describe that under any other circumstances to like a therapist, there could be some unpacking. (laughs) They want to do that. They're like, really? Uh, Yeah, we were just fly. We were just fly. Bringing us back on track. And we're back on track again. Okay, sorry. I like tracks. Have you ever like train track? I remember this one time we were on a train. Can you just make up a symbol? Excellent. Thank you. Here we go. Plaza, Jupiter Hollow, stop, sign. Just stop. Neither one of those. Are a limo. Okay. An airport. Yeah, now the limo <laughs> is a good one because that that also made me think about that. You know, and it just yeah. because that Lincoln mm-hmm. Town car. Oh, that, I'm, I'm not done. Pearl beaded bra- bracelet. Jenna, can you? Yeah, can you, you know what though? I um, will say this about the limo. That. Wait, the limo. The limo served the same function as the crib when they were babies. As an adult, the limo was the initial mix-up, you know, where the Jupiter Hollow Rose and Sadie got into the limo that was intended for the New York Rose and Sadie. They don't say. So anyway, (laughs) I can see the limo as well. All right. Well, we have, let's go. I I think we have three options. Rattle, 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 rattle. We have three options. We have the a crib, we have the polka dot dress, and we have a limo, which I've just selected from Brittany's random hodgepodge of things she yeah, said. Yeah, everything else. Now, disregarding one hundred percent of the rest of it. I'm not done. Miniature Stop golf. Okay, bro, you pick. Bro, you pick. Um. I like the polka dot suit. I like the polka dot suit. I like the polka dot suit. Yeah, because it also reminded us of daddy, which is nice. Yeah. It looked like something he would make for real. It It really did. did. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of this podcast, big business will receive zero, one, two, or three polka dot dresses. It must receive it's a suit. Polka dot suits. (laughs) It must receive three. Polka dot suits in order to be considered a classic from the right perspective. All right. So let's actually adhere to our format now. Okay. Right. <laughs> and the next stop, the next stop is to. a recap. 
If you're new to our podcast, because most of our content is old, rusty, dusty, we do a recap <laughs> at the top. Okay. Just to refresh. Okay. And for people who haven't seen it, haven't seen the content, but want to enjoy the podcast, we just give you all the deets. So there's your spoiler alert. Okay. Aren't, so, you, aren't, you, also, aren't you also supposed to say, and like, share, and subscribe? It, <laughs> Oh, we never do that. Yeah, we got to. No, when she was just talking, it felt like a, she was a supposed natural to say opportunity, that. bro. From this episode on, we are going to promote in the intro. Thank you, bro. Yes. Be sure to like and subscribe, everyone. Like, share. If they use the word share on those fancy videos. Here we go. So, our movie starts in a rural West Virginia town called Jupiter Hollow. Jupiter Hollow is essentially a factory town and a farming town, and they have a furniture company there called Hollow Made that is the lifeblood of the town. One of the benefits for the employees of Hollow Made is that they have a dedicated hospital that can only be used by Hollow Made employees. And that turns out to be a bad news for a wealthy New York couple that's just passing through because the wife goes into labor and she can't get admitted to the hospital. The husband ends up buying the entire company on the spot so that his wife could deliver there. And they ended up having two identical twins, two daughters named Rose and Sadie Shelton. In the same hospital right across the hall, a poor farming couple also gives birth to identical twin girls. They overhear the names selected by the rich people and decide <laughs> to use them. And they name their twin daughters Rose and Sadie Ratliff. Having two sets of girls born at the same time with the same names would not have been problematic at a hospital with any checks and balances whatsoever, okay? <laughs> or just any, you know, minimal number of staff, okay? But the Holomade Hospital only had one doctor and one nurse, and they ended up mixing up the sets of twins. Each couple leaves the hospital with one child of their own and one child that doesn't belong to them. And when the girls look nothing alike, both families just assume the twins are fraternal. One in each set has red hair and is named Sadie, played by Bette Midler, and one in each set has brown hair and is named Rose, played by Lily Tomlin. Forty years later or so, the wealthy Rose and Sadie are, you know, they're wealthy businesswomen in New York running their ginormous family corporation, which is called Moramax. They deal in pharmaceuticals and other industries as well. Sadie, the twin that is biologically supposed to be in New York, is a complete business maven, okay? She is cutthroat and she loves the trappings of wealth and power that come along with it. Rose, on the other hand, is like a fish out of water. She doesn't fit in the corporate world at all and clearly is not into money or power. She's so kind and empathetic. You know, she's so heartbroken when she finds out that her sister intends to sell Hollow Maid, the furniture company that her father bought on the day of their birth. Sadie assures, you know, um, Sadie assures Rose that nothing bad is going to happen to Jupiter Hollow or, or its people, but it just makes sense for their company financially to let go of Hollow Maid. We find out eventually that that is not the truth. That town is going to be wrecked by this deal. Mm. And the people in Jupiter Hollow, they are suspicious of the deal from the very beginning, okay? And that includes Jupiter Hollow, Rose, and Sadie. 
They know that the sale of that factory spells danger for their way of life and they aren't having it. Okay. Jupiter Hollow Rose is the factory foreman for Hollow Maid and a beloved member and a fierce leader of the community. In fact, the community does a fundraiser to send her to New York to stop the sale of Hollow Maid. <laughs> she decides to bring her twin sister along with her, Sadie. Sadie is beyond excited because Jupiter Hollow Sadie, who shouldn't be in Jupiter Hollow, has never felt comfortable there. She feels smothered there and she longs for the finer things in life. She just watches Joan Collins movies and wants to be Joan Collins. <laughs> she is going to New York to stop the sale of Hollow Maid along with her sister, but she does not intend to come back to Jupiter Hollow. She feels New York is her destiny. So the more Max stockholders meeting is taking place at the Plaza Hotel in New York. And so both pairs of sisters are staying there, okay? The wealthy Rose and Sadie um, that are supposed to be selling Hollimator there and the poor Rose and Sadie that are there to stop the sale are also staying at the hotel. And they end up being put in rooms right next to each other. As you can imagine, having two sets of identical twins running around the hotel completely confused the hotel staff and the Moramax staff. The sisters even unknowingly interact with each other a few times. For example, the New York Sadie had breakfast with the Jupiter Hollow Rose. Neither of them realized it. So they had a couple of interactions like that. Then on the morning of the stockholders meeting, all four of the women find themselves in the bathroom together at the same time. After a ton of screaming and shock, they were able to piece together their origin story pretty quickly. Now that they have found each other, Moramax can't sell Holomade, right? You know, in addition to the sentiment beyond the story of why their father bought Holomade to begin with, they can't let the town of Jupiter Hollow be endangered by this sale. All of the sisters agree that the sale has to be stopped except for New York Sadie who tries to trick the other three so that the sale can go through. When the other three sisters realize it, they grab New York Sadie and they lock her in the closet. <laughs> and the Jupiter Hollow Sadie has to go into the stockholders meeting impersonating New York Sadie. And mind you, this is a woman that just the day before was milking a cow. Okay? <laughs> Literally. And somehow, though, she gets into character and she manages to stop the sale of Holomade. And you get the sense that all of the sisters make amends. Both of the Sadies are clearly destined to live their lives in New York. And both of the Roses are clearly heading back to Jupiter Hollow. The end. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. I Can I just say, doing the recap for Big Business was fun. And it was fun because how do you just verbally, like orally tell the story of this mis mix match mm. of people? When you're watching it on the screen, it's different because you get to see, you're watching the, the redheaded Sadie over here and the redheaded Sadie over there be different, yet the same, you know? So it's easier when you're watching it on film. It was a little tricky to describe it. Um, but let's just suffice it to say, it's like, this is Lily Tomlin and Bette Midler. Okay. So these are two women who we know they are iconic, iconic comedy performers. And so they did a great job of embodying the nuances of like the Jupiter Hollow Sadie versus the New York Sadie. You could, you were able and, and to was, see the differences. Was, but they didn't overdo it. It was That's like, right. it was just like, just enough. You actually felt like you were watching different people 
because I could easily see that being done and you feel like, okay, that's Lily Tomlin playing two different people. But the way that they all did it, that they both did it, you felt like, yeah, you know, like you could catch them. I wonder, like they must have shot all of the, you know, like the um, the New York twins at once and then the Jupiter Hollow scene, or, or not the scenes, but like the characters. Because if they were switching back and forth, like in between scenes or days, that's even more amazing. Because I, I, I feel like they must have did like, okay, let's do all of the Jupiter Hollow yeah. set stuff. Yes. And then let's do all of the, you know, because that was pretty, pretty skillful how they did that. Yeah. Sis, would you agree that it was like easy to follow the the different characters, even though it was two actresses paying, playing them? Yes, it was. They had different voices that really helped mm. to get that. But I was, as I was watching it, I was like, we have some people who are actual actors and actresses in, in, on the planet that can bring you into two separate worlds, but they are the same person. Mm-hmm. Two separate worlds, same movie, but you're just like, oh, that is, that's Sadie from the country. That's, that's the working class Sadie. And then there's the, yes, that's the businesswoman cutthroat. She's about to get with this French man, Sadie. And so <laughs> <laughs> I just, I did, I appreciated that. It definitely, or was he Italian? Not Italian. He was Italian. Italian. Uh, to get with this Italian man. And so I did. I appreciated that. I just, I was like, man. I knew that both of them were talented, even up until this point. Anything they do, they do it very well. Because Gracie and Frankie, Gracie and Frankie is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Oh, completely. Yeah. So yeah. even even the stuff that the, you know what I mean. Yeah, they said that they're up doing until now. This point, just, you can still see the skill. Yeah, I want something else. I wanted to. I think that it is com- commending the individuals who had to like be their opposite characters like the other people that were like the hotel staff and their boyfriends and their love interests how they had to be in a circumstance of being confused by them like like this is the same person but it's not I have to react to you as the one I know in this circumstance and not react to you as the one you are so I just thought that that was really um that they all just did a good job. They all did a good job. It's, it's such a good point, sis, because that is where, uh, I feel like we're talking about the acting in the story. Mm-hmm. That's where the story could have fallen apart. It could have fallen apart if they had put the um, these like the mix-ups into in situations that were not plausible. Yeah. And it also could have fallen apart if the actors in those moments didn't allow us to, to believe, you know, the truth of that moment, you yeah. know? So there were times where, you know, people that already knew New York Sadie were talking to Jupiter Hollow Sadie. And, you know, if that actor, to Brittany's point, didn't, you know, live in the truth enough for us to really believe that they thought they were talking to somebody they weren't talking to, the whole thing could have fallen apart. But I would say, like, the way that they crafted the mix-ups I thought was very well done. I feel like that mix up kind of story is something I think we had a lot of in the eighties. You know, I think, (laughs) I think before cell phones, 
getting mixed, having mixeroos of, oh, I'm not talking to who I think I'm talking to. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that came up a lot in comedy when you when you start to reflect. And sometimes the, the situations just would not be realistic. It would be like, you know, if you were actually in that situation, you would have asked one or two more clarifying questions that would have resolved well, this whole thing. And, but and, uh, for this story, I didn't feel like that happened. I didn't feel like there were situations where it was like, that's not how that conversation would have went. You know? Because, because back then, some movies were just fun. And all you had mm. to do was make the story plausible enough that I could go along for the ride. <laughs> that's that's all you need to do. I mean, you think about the story, it, like if you think about it for a second, it's ridiculous. You know, like there's no way, like even when you got those kids home and one got red hair, you're going to be like, we worry, Bro, that. that happens. That happens. I know, but, but what I'm saying is, is you're going to at least be like, we were in that backwoods hospital that did have some twins yes. right across the hall. I, I, I'm just saying, yes. I, you, you would probably at least check that out with the with the resources that there. But that's the, but the point I'm trying to make is, like Home Alone. Home Alone, if you think about it, it's absurd. It's like, so absurd. It's so absurd. But the movie is just plausible enough that you could just go along for the ride. That's a great example, bro. And and I just felt like I just missed that, man. Like every movie doesn't have to be epic and deep and like, you know, with this storyline that you got to go online and read a book to try to figure out. Well, no, (laughs) see, what happened was in this kingdom. And I love all that, too. I love all that, too. But I love I just miss these movies from this time where it feels like. But you know what, bro? Those movies haven't gone anywhere. But what has happened is that they're on Lifetime and Hallmark. And they're like Christmas movies or they're like, you know, Dan went to the bakery. And it's like, that's the name of the movie. And you have these silly plots that are just like, I'm going to go with the fact that y'all keep walking past each other in the same grocery store. but, But the thing is, is when you watch them, though, because I know what you're talking about. You, yeah. you have, but they're just, they're not with um, actors who are skilled on those levels. You know what I'm saying? Like, like back then, you know, you it got was like, the big names. Yeah, it was doing the big that names doing that kind of content. Stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, they would have their serious stuff, but they would also have, you know, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Where you know, right. like, like you're just yeah. you're a cop running around in somebody else's city. You know, it's just, it's just, I just, I'm saying when I was watching it, it gave me that feeling of just, I felt like it was, you know, when we were. It wasn't trying to win an award. It was like this is it, just it, a it, fun it, movie. It was almost like there were a, a section of movies where it was just people like, yo, I was driving this weekend. With my twins in the car, right? And I'm not. What if we had a movie about where some twins kind of mixed up? And <laughs> yeah. then the friends like, oh, that would be hilarious. And then like seven days later, they have a whole script. Right. And it's like, yo, we gotta get Ben Midler and Lily Tomlin. And like it just all works. And that's how it felt for me, you know, story-wise. That was like they kept it just good, just plausible enough that I could, 
you know, get lost in the moment. Yeah, it is. It is hard to find as because I'm going in my mind, like literally as you're talking, I'm like, have I seen anything that doesn't make me go? "Mm." I will say when I watch a lot of movies that are not from the United States, I get that feeling sometimes. Y'all watch RRR? Not oh, yet. So I know you gave that recommendation. Oh, my gosh. You, first of all, since you guys didn't watch it, what's going to happen now is we're doing RRR after Hocus Pocus. That's, <laughs> oh, no, you already got the whole schedule out. You of, gotta, of course we have the whole things, you know. But, uh, but, but, bro, if you think RRR will be a classic. Oh, no. RRR. It's just when Britney's it's talking. Like, it's ridiculous. You yeah. know, when Britney, Britney is talking it, right now, my brain just went there. Because Britney was talking about, I think about, we might like, have to deviate from our schedule yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, go, go, go. Because uh, Britney was just talking about how other countries have movies that are just I fun. think we need to have a segment that's called, or just like an episodes that are called, this is ridiculous. Like, because... Because it's like the, the absurdity of it, like this could never happen right now, but we still love it. Like, well, you know what? I think, isn't it safe to say, though, that some um, sitcoms are still accomplishing that level of um, not keeping it, not not trying to, to, to be so deep? Like I'm thinking about some of the network shows that um, the ones that come to mind immediately are uh, The Neighborhood and... Um, uh, Bob Hart's Abishola. Those are two network shows that Brittany and I, you know, watch. And um, and those are two shows that they're predictable. And, you know, they, they we, without watching the show, you can guess the different situations that the characters are going to be in. Um, and yeah, I mean, there are deeper themes to it, to, to both of those shows, actually. A lot of deeper themes. But the way that they actually hold the content I would say it's it's it has some whimsy, you know. It's lighthearted. It's corny. It's right. silly a little yeah. bit, you know. So I think movies probably aren't doing it as much, but I still think some of these shows are giving us that lighthearted. We not we not trying to hit you over the head with nothing. Let's just have a good time, you know. Let's just laugh. You I also know? think the pandemic probably stressed a lot of people out. <laughs> they, they, so they probably had moments that were all fun, and then like the pandemic happened, they were like. But if I send them into this store, what does that store actually mean? <laughs> Before you know it, it's like a serious horror drama. And it's like, oh, I didn't start off like that. It was uh, it was a nice comedy. It didn't start off like that. But you know what? <laughs> you, when, when you all were just talking, you know what you reminded me of? There was, um, there was, there's a podcast that I've been listening to lately. And it's called Black on the Air with Larry Wilmore. Y'all, if you haven't, like checked it out, check it out. I mean, Larry Wilmore, he truly is, I mean, he's iconic, you know, mm-hmm. just in terms of like his impact on comedy, um, small screen and also large screen, you know, but small screen, um, you know, he just, he's, 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 he's truly one of those people that's been behind the scenes writing and, and producing in a way that we don't all know or, or fully understand, but he's had a big impact. But anyway, so he interviews, you know, celebrities when they have a project coming out. And he was interviewing, um, you know, the 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 showrunner and producer for this show that's just coming out. I think it just came out called Reasonable Doubt. 
And yes, it can- comes on Hulu. Have you watched it? Is that Ooh, why you're honey, saying I am up to date? Yes, mm-hmm. so good. So he, Hello. I, he, I think he's a producer for it, or somehow okay. he's involved. And also, Carrie Washington um, was is a executive producer for it, and she was the director of the pilot episode. Mm. And so he was interviewing her and the showrunner on the podcast, whatever. So that's all the context for. One of the things that Carrie Washington said on that podcast when they were just dissecting, like, why is this show resonating with people so completely? You know, why it's fiction, but like, why is it really resonating with people? And she was just talking about like, well, you know, if at the heart of the story you're telling, it is um, about humanity and about what really happens in real life, people are going to connect to that. If it mm-hmm. truly is about the human experience. And when I think about, um, you know, whether you're keeping it light, like they do in the neighborhood, or you're taking it deep, you know, if you're connecting to something that feels truthful for people, people are going to like it. They're going to, mm-hmm. they're going to keep, they're going to take in the content. And with big business, what they're talking about is like being a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. We all know that feeling of like, mm-hmm. I feel like an imposter yeah, right am now. I, am I in the right place? Or what am right I doing fit? here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, that's yep. one of those universal themes. It just, it connects you, I think, to this story. So even if it's lighthearted, they're literally running around the hotel, walking right past each other without seeing each other. And, yo, it's crazy because... I was actually laughing out loud at some of these scenes. Yeah. I know what's going to happen. Yes. But just seeing the skill of it, it just, like, Lily told me, I, I just, she's just funny. So good. She's hilarious. And like, where she was, oh, where she, there was one point in the movie where they found the documents <laughs> that prove what they were going to do to Jupiter Hollow. So the um, Jupiter Hollow rose was reading through these documents to the point where it was just, see, she was a front to her soul. She believed her fight to save Jupiter Hollow. And it was one point where she was sleeping with the documents. And she has <laughs> this little thing she does where she's threatening somebody where she's like, you know. She has, she she has, has snake fingers. Yeah, she has snake fingers. <laughs> and she goes, <laughs> and then and she'll, like, shake her, she'll shake her bracelet her so bracelet, it sounds yeah, like a rattlesnake. Yeah, which Brittany couldn't do because she only got one bracelet. Angels. Rattle, rattle, rattle. Not, not, but you like that scene where she was, yeah, where she fell thing? asleep while reading the documents and she was so, even in her sleep, she was like, I don't know. I know. When she, that was just so funny. It was so funny. When she, I, I didn't laugh out loud a ton in here, but there were certain pieces that did make me laugh. Again, Lily Tomlin, when she walked into Moramax and she were Merrimax and she was like walking around, everyone Moramax. was saying hello to her. She was like, oh, you, you all are good. You know, just like they're all saying, <laughs> she like, she's like, oh, you, you know, all are so good. You know, she was like, yeah. And I got on my Tuesday panties. And I was, <laughs> but, but I guess you know that already. I guess you because, know that already. Because what it is is that, so, so the Jupiter <laughs> Hollow people kept running into people that were treating them with so much familiarity. Right. And so, and the reason that people in New York were doing that is because they thought they were the New York Rose right. and Sadie. Right, right. And so whenever they were doing it, 
it just made Rose and Sadie from Jupiter Hollow more well, skeptical of people. No, it, no. Made, it made Rose more skeptical. Sadie was yeah, like, Sadie was, Sadie was, she, Sadie was loving so it. Happy. Sadie was loving it. <laughs> Rose was so skeptical though, because Rose was like, y'all, y'all are not going to trick me. Okay. Oh, no. You're not going to lull me into a false sense of friendship. And, and this you is know, when I know you're trying to take my company down. Now, I will say this, though, because even though this is a movie, which this is something that's beautiful about comedies, that they can bring up a larger issue in a comedic way to make you think about it. And there are many corporations, these large corporations that are taking advantage of small towns. That's right. And they're coming in and they're changing them, mowing them over, making people move out, Mm -hmm. you know, building subdivisions and all these different things that are happening. Um to move this town out of the culture that it is in. And that, that, and that was that was before yeah. Amazons and all the, you know, Listen, Walmarts yeah, and, the you know, mega like, corporations. <laughs> it's so crazy. Cause I did, I went out to do an Amazon like flex run with my one of our cousins. And it was just so crazy to see like this factory like building across the street from houses. Like it was just like wow y'all got some land molded down and built a building like it was just dang you went into a neighborhood and just did this like Mm -hmm. all right great like you know so these things are real they're still happening but you know it's it's in hyperdrive now man big time it's a oh, something I do want to mention. I don't want to say to forget the limo driver. Listen, yeah, he was, was their limo driver. He's been a limo driver for like 45 years, like something so absurd amount of time. But I love how to speak to the shows of the 80s and the 90s, individuals who are the help in these um, movies. John Hancock, is, John no, Hancock played Harlan, who Harlan. was their limo driver. Listen, he <laughs> anytime these the help gets so familiar with the family, they say anything to them. Like they just and so no, that, that's that was he, a funny part of movies. Yeah. It was, you know, from even in television shows, you think about Jeffrey and Fresh oh, yeah. Prince. You yeah, think yeah, about yeah, yeah, anytime yeah. there was a maid or anything. And I they just t- I, can, <laughs> I can tell y'all, I can tell y'all the, the best example of that, in my opinion, is driving Miss Daisy. Which if that's not I've on the list, that. yeah, I don't think it is. I've never seen that movie. If that's not how could that not be on the list? Yeah, that that is. And the so it's is, one of those types of things. Morgan Freeman's character was like that. Oh, now I really can't wait to watch it. Oh no, you don't want to get onto the list. And it's and it's another movie from this time that you know. Okay. What I, mean? that, that, I feel that like I watched it, but I don't really remember it. I've seen it several times. Yeah. And, the funny thing is, is that that movie is listed as a comedy and it has really funny parts, but I wouldn't have thought it was a comedy. But anyway, I don't want to get on that. But but I'm saying, based on what you're talking about, Britt, that is one of the best examples yeah. of yeah. that interaction between, you know, the, the people who are the help and, you know. Where it's like at this point, because they hope they're, they're like, listen. I done seen all y'all ends and now trying to, in this case, in the movie, you done been up in this limo arguing. I've heard your parents saying crazy stuff. Your mom, I know that she got a beach house out of having y'all because she didn't really want y'all. Like, you know, this person, <laughs> this person yeah, it's like, you can tell the tea. <laughs> yeah, and also, you know, he, it's, it, you can tell that he played a role in raising them. 
you know, yeah. it's also a little bit uncle-ish in terms of yeah, like yeah, the yeah, energy. Yeah. You know. Like when, when uh when Sadie from uh, Jupiter Hollow Sadie was like, I'm gonna walk around, he was like, I gotta see this. And then she, <laughs> and then she just walks away with her head up. And she <laughs> and so it's just he's like, I know these people. Like, so I thought that that was I thought that was funny. And I wanted yeah, to it shout felt out. like they were having fun. Yeah, it, it yeah. felt like they were having fun. Yes, it and, did. E- and even the um the guy who played um Rune, uh, the, uh yeah. which which was Rose's boyfriend Fred from, Ward. Fred from, Ward played Rune Mimic yeah, from um Jupiter Hollow. And seeing him interact in the city was so funny because like these people are so innocent that they just they're just happy. And they're just exactly. like this is stuff they haven't even seen before. And two of the uh workers from Moramax are gay. And through happenstance in the movie, when Rune is coming to New York and to find Rose, he ends up uh, you know, running into these um uh, uh employees of Moramax who were looking for whoever was coming from Jupiter Hollow. Yeah, and just seeing him interact with those gay dudes was so funny because like I don't I think if he knew they were gay he wouldn't have cared but he it was just, it just, it just, he, he just he didn't know what's happening he, he, just, he was know. just like he was, he was like, like oh. you guys gotta stay in the same bed he was like he was like and it was like I'll say I'll share the bed, and you can take it. What do you can take the couch? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he was just trying to be hospitable. Oh. Even in this, and I love the fact that he was eating like a fancy croissant, like some type of fancy breakfast pastry, and he was like, "Well, let me finish my pop tart." <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> he played that know, character. They, he was a delight. When they were eating uh, sushi, he was like, "Spirit, because you want some And then, because Lily, Lily Thompson's, uh, he said, "Can uh, you put some more um, fire up under here?" <laughs> I feel like they're still flapping. Or what did he say? <laughs> they are still flapping. <laughs> something. Whenever Rose, whenever New York Rose was sitting at the table with him and she was eating a lot, because that was part of her character. She had a nervous eating. She was just eating all the time. She had a high metabolism. Yeah, it was so funny. And then he was like, I like me a gal that can eat. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, and mind you, when he was getting ready to propose to uh uh Jupiter Hollow Rose, he had a ring made out of a miniature golf ball, ball because guys. he used to like to play. It's so he, he liked like mini golf, and so and I was just like, "Who was thinking of all that? like this?" Yeah, this the was characters fun. were yeah. so well written and so well developed. Their voice, their voices came through as so unique. They weren't just people in unique situations; they were unique people in unique situations. So I have a question, okay? Because I was question. like, "Wait a minute." Okay, when Rune, why is that his name? And how do you spell that? Uh, when Rune was at uh, R O O N E, Rune, 
There you go. When Maroon was at his um, miniature golf tournament that was on ESPN, I was like, this is a real thing. Um, Oh, yeah. Probably is. It is. ESPN, they have like, I've been getting hip to ESPN lately, Hmm. and they have like a thousand channels. And they do broadcast everything. It might be called ESPN 15. Four or right. But they are, I'm sure they're doing mini golf. Gotcha. I'm wow. sure they I are. I love it. I'm well, sure. So he was in a mini golf tournament in the movie. And um, of course, uh, Jupiter Hollow Rose couldn't be there because she was in New York fighting a big fight against Miramax. Is so more and Max. More Max. Miramax is a real company. This is it a fictional is. company. Oh, more Max. More Max. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> in the movie, though, she's not there at the tournament. And there's like, I think it was one of their sisters mm-hmm. that was standing off to the side. And she's like, yeah, Rose. Oh, well, I, he was like, where's Rose? And she's like, well, I didn't want to be the one to have to tell you that. Now, she has on like a hat and lipstick and stuff. Do you all think that she was making a plot for Room since she knew that Rose was out of town? I didn't catch it. I think so. Like she was I, thought it was pretty, I thought it was pretty obvious. I thought it was pretty obvious that's what they were trying to say. You know, because, I mean, first of all, you know, it's a small town. You got limited, you know what I'm saying? Resources, like, limited and, rooms. And, and, limited and when rooms. she saw room, I mean, when she saw Rose leave, she probably was like, that's my, my perfect one. But room wasn't having it because room loved him some Rose. Yeah. You know, gave him up real quick. But that was Ladies. one of the parts of the movie. that Because at the end, he ended up being, um, with New York, New York. <laughs> Rose, which is just so interesting. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't think about it too much. You, you, you can't. You just got to watch the performances and enjoy the show. Well, you because- know, but bro, this this topic of the love stories, I think it is very, the romantic stories, maybe not necessarily love, but the topic right. of the romantic stories is very interesting. Yes. And so if you haven't seen the movie, what actually happens is, all of these characters already have suitors of some sort and they end up essentially or exes, exes, (laughs) right? And they end up doing switcheroos through the course of the movie. So um, New York Sadie's ex-husband ends up with, um, with Jupiter hollow Sadie, you know, and um, a, um, the, there was in rune, who was Jupiter Hollow Rose's uh, suitor? You know, ends up being with New York Rose. So they did. A, they all ended up with a man at the end, and um, and it was sometimes not the man they started with. You know, yeah. but I will tell you all that for me was a one part of the movie that I felt was a little bit flawed. You know, I I struggled with the fact that. The day that these sisters discovered each other, the day that they reunited, they obviously spent a little time together, you know, getting to know each other. Yeah. But but by the afternoon, <laughs> they all went on dates with their men. And so the movie actually ends yeah. on that day. It ends on the day. It, it's still the same day, that stockholder meeting day, where they had the big aha of finding each other. And the movie ends with the women leaving with their men to go on dates. 
And I just thought that was a knock. I didn't think that was good. I I, I like I, 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 I like cementing those relationships. I thought that was interesting and fun and fine. But I just don't think it's realistic that they wouldn't spend the day together, getting well, to well, know well, each other. I, I, the probably the whole group. You know what I mean? Like like everybody. I I'm saying yeah, if all that of was, them had been together at the end, that would have worked for me. If they all went to dinner, that, but that's not what they did. They had all four of them go on separate dates. That I agree, but that was a, a moment I was like, you know, just it's because really even good. even when you think about because I, I the way I was thinking about it is you got room who's coming like he was on ESPN for his dream. He's you know in the mini golf masters, <laughs> so and like he found out Rose was there. My man was gone in the middle of the episode. That's right. In the middle of the, and he let he, got, he walked out of the tournament. Walked out of the tournament, caught a bus, left with twenty five dollars and a harmonica. Apparently, once they went through the stuff, and for somebody who loved somebody that much, it was like, and you could just switch to the sister you just met today. Totally. Like that was, but I, I but I was just like. You know what? At least they put a pin on all of these ends. They just, it was like, look, man, we did what we were here to do. We had some fun. Let's wrap this stuff up and go. Yeah. But you know what? The truth is, like, I didn't even need to tell the love stories in the recap, you see, because they weren't critical to the story. You know, initially I was trying to jam them in when I realized they didn't even need to really be in the recap. So that's what allows me to kind of like get over it a little bit because the truth is, those characters were serving the purpose of extent of, of people who were in relationship with one character and found kindred spirit with the, the other. other. And that was the so point. that's the point of them. Yeah. It wasn't that they were romantic. It was that, oh, whatever was in that other Sadie, I like it in this Sadie too. And yeah. you know, and it's it's also and, and it's kind of like because it would make sense because Sadie. The um New York Sadie, her ex-husband, you could tell he loved her, but Who it's just like you too, you just too much. corrupted by business but, and money. But the Jupiter Hollow Sadie was like it was still Sadie, but just dumbed down a little bit in the sections that he needed. So that I, you can I, I don't know about dumb down, bro. Not, not dumb down, not dumb down. She was she was I mean, um all right, let, let me say. There were parts of her that were hyped up then that weren't in the like yes like I need you to be a mother please yes, that's to right. our son listen honey when she saw him acting up at FAO Schwartz <laughs> she tied him to a pole did y'all recognize him Seth Green yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he was yeah. recognizable Seth Green was recognizable also the guy that played Graham. He was one of the gay characters that was an executive at um, yeah. Moramax. He was very recognizable. I feel like he's somebody. The dad somebody. from Family Ties? Yes, the dad from Listen, Family Ties. let me tell you something. I literally, while we were talking, had to look it up because I was like, why do I know this doctor? Let's I could <laughs> not remember why. I, knew. I was like, he looks like the guy that I used to sing. What well, reminds me of the one I used to sing of no one can tell me that I uh-huh. him. And he was also making me think of Danny Tanner. 
And I was like, that that he's not either of those people. Jim, I was Jim, like, who James is Taylor. Thank you. I don't, I don't I was, know how you Okay, I got it. It's my his name is Michael Gross. And he, in this movie, he played Dr. J. Marshall. Yes. And so I, he was recognizable. Oh, y'all, another note on the casting. Listen, you know, sometimes <laughs> you watch 80s movies in New York and there ain't no people of color nowhere. And you just be like, 80s movie in New York. Come on. Come on. Come on, 80s movie in New York. They did an all right job. I thought like they did a great pretty, job. They did a pretty good job. Oh, I, thought, man, I, actually thought it, I actually it's thought it was better. well done. They had they had black people in service roles, but they also had black people as wealthy people walking around the hotel. They had it was like they had a handful in the shareholders and in more max. It was like one out of 20 executives was a person of color. And that is right. That makes sense to me. You know, so I felt like they did a good job. Well, man, before, I mean, you know, room, before y'all get room, too far, okay, bro. I just want to piggyback on Janelle's point real quick. When Rue came to uh, New York and he got out and it was that night, it was just, that was a funny scene too. Yeah. Just, just him, because like even seeing all these different kind of people, you could just tell like, man, it's a good thing you didn't get mugged. <laughs> yeah, because you're just walking around. Totally. Um, it makes me for the romantic part where they all switched up. I've seen that in real life where people are literally dating their friends' boyfriend, like they switch, and it's like they're all going to brunch next week. Like it's like I've seen yeah, this happen a, before. Yeah, I'm a different. I would definitely need that story because that sounds interesting. <laughs> we'll talk about that offline. But Where it's like it's like I need it's that not, story, and it's not this abrupt, right? It's not like oh, I met you Obviously. one day, you know what I mean? But it's like okay, y'all, y'all cool. You're dating and then, somebody's ex, yeah. But here's the thing: I think that there are certain rules in certain communities that apply and that do not apply, and I know. Oftentimes in a black community, if one of us dated him, came none of the rest of us dated him. <laughs> and so it's like they ain't happening in all communities. And so it's like when I saw that, I wasn't, I didn't take me, it didn't catch me off guard. I chuckled like, that's funny, because that don't really be happening. And so, right. <laughs> you know, I was just kind of laughing, like, yeah, of course, clearly she has this golf ring around her necklace like she's been knowing rune her entire life and she is walking down the street now with this doctor talking about her master plan and she's about to because what he did not what the doctor didn't appreciate about new york rose was the fact that her sister was so overbearing and that she was like basically kind of running her and he just didn't like her but now he's with this Jupiter hollow rose that's like, I don't care. Yeah, I locked her in the closet and I'd do it again. <laughs> you know, it's like the what just you know what, Brent, I, I didn't even catch I didn't even catch that. But well, yeah, it was it was her yeah, family. That, that, it was that, the family yeah. that was off putting for him. But but the truth is that Jupiter Hollow Rose, there was even though she was a much more aggressive rose than the New York Rose, it's because the New York Rose was not able to flourish. She wasn't right. able to thrive. She was in a bad she was, she, she was a fish she, out of water. She right. was a fish out of water. Yeah, right. And so the Jupiter Hollow is just the better actualized rose, you know? Right. And and so I, I gotta say, I think like Private um, and from life also, it, it that grows you up different. You know, when you're like tilling land at three. 
that makes you a different kind of person. Well, <laughs> when but, you're 40. Yeah, well, well, but Sadie, Sadie of of Jupiter Hollow was not fully mm-hmm. successful in Jupiter Hollow, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I will say, um, on well, the she top- was successful. They thought she was cute because that <laughs> That man was trying to catch the pigs, was trying to get with her. He was like, oh, you're too good for me? And she was basically like, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you saying? Yeah, she was like, you're rolling around in pig, pig poop. So, <laughs> have a good day. Janelle, don't lose your thought. But on that point, I also liked how the songs they, um, the couple of times that Bette Miller was singing, it didn't feel forced. And it didn't yeah. feel painful. It just flowed. It was a great use of Bed Mittler singing. And bro, that's actually yes. a great segue to my point and evidence of our mind meld because I was going <laughs> to make this point, which is that the movie was originally, this is, this is a factoid. The movie was originally written for Barbara Streisand and Goldie Hawn. That makes so much sense. Barbara Streisand would have played Ben Mittler's character and Goldie Hawn would have played Lily Tomlin's role. I could totally you know, see you that. Know, you, you, know Normally, usually, you know how you usually say, I wouldn't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I still would have seen it. I don't want to see it. It still would have been very good. It would have been very good. It would have been so good. It would have been very good. It would have been so good. It still would have been good. It would have been good. But it would have been good. But speaking of like the singing, listen, you guys, we often talk about because that's part of what we discuss is the music of the movie. And there are many times in these movies that I don't remember the music. I'd be like, oh, that was in there. That's nice. But this, I was like, that's my jam. You they just say like that the neon lights are bright on bra. I, re- I was like, I love this. It's my jam. I forgot about this song. And then, of course, at the end, make me a higher love. I was like, oh. they're on my playlist now. They're back on my playlist. I'm like, yes, I forgot about these songs. I love these songs. George George Vincent got a couple of I mean, a, a couple, couple of, of yeah, yeah. yeah, and even the song that was playing during the opening credits, I can't remember it now, but I know I Shazammed it. And I'm trying to look at my Shazam to see what it was because I was like, oh, it's um, Sing, Sing, Sing by Benny Goodman and his orchestra. It was just an iconic, perfect way to start to start the movie. So I yes, it, I couldn't, I could not understand the years of this movie. I was like, what year no, were they born? No, it seemed, what? It seemed year? right. No, I'm not I'm not saying that it didn't seem right. I just couldn't, I wanted to know the years. I wanted it to be like, you know how the oh, okay. at the bottom of the screen, 1964. And exactly it I wanted that so bad because I was like, I don't understand these years. What what year is it right now? Because Landon, he looked like he was like in his 20s when he was first driving for them so he should have been he should have been like 40 years later he should have been like in his 60s and that man did not look like he was in his 60s i, I mean like, black don't crack but you know this is before, a true statement before you because i'm 74 before you say you before you say <laughs> whatever it is that you're about to say that's correct let me say my thought process <laughs> i want to explain my hodgepodge thought thought process about this very point because I actually went to look it up. So in my mind, the movie took place in 1988. And at the time, the younger of the two was Bette Midler. And she was, I think she was 43, if I looked, if I looked it up. 
correctly at the time. So in my mind, the movie took place in 1988. We subtract 43, bam. Then you got when the first part of the movie happened. Bro, you're pretty much on point. I mean, what I read was that the movie was set like they were born in 1948. And then the movie was a current day. So it was 40 years later, 1988. So it's supposed to be like a 40 year. Job. Yeah, I, I think I had come to 45. Yeah. For my, my <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be a 40 year jump. You had it, bro. But it's also so interesting to think about Lily Tomlin and Bette Midler is in their 40s at that time when they are so relevant for us right now. You know, it just goes well, t- to show. Is talent. You know That's what I'm saying? it. That's talent it. And, and, they are, and they have had longevity in a very real friggin' way. And they deserve it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Y'all, we have talked about, oh, there's one thing we haven't talked about yet, which is the set. Okay. And I have a little factoid about it. Okay. So a little trivia. You know I love factoids. <laughs> I so do. So, so the production company couldn't get the rights to film at the actual Plaza Hotel in New York. And so they made sound stages. And so it wasn't actually at the Plaza Hotel. Oh, oh wow. Isn't that, that interesting? That, now that's really good because wow. it looked like the, it looked like they it did a great so. job. It yeah, did, it like they did. Job. And then to kind of recoup the construction costs, they they built a sitcom around that set. Um so and, the, and it was called the Nut House, and it was a flop. It didn't go well. Yeah, okay. I, don't, so, I, don't, I don't remember the Nut House. Never heard it that. It came before. out in 1989 and it did not do well. <laughs> so apparently it came in and went. In yeah. Yep. It was not it was not super awesome. <laughs> no, no, but it's so interesting. Like, um, I felt like when we were in Jupiter Hollow, it felt like we were in Jupiter Hollow. Yeah. And when we were in New York, we felt New York in yeah. every single way. And so it's also a shout out to the costume designers. You know, the people who did the sets, all of it, it helped us to the makeup people, the hair people, it helped us to be in these two worlds simultaneously the whole time, because they did such a good job of keeping everything that was Jupiter Hollow, including the people, unique to Jupiter Hollow. Mm -hmm. And they did the same thing on the New York side. So it didn't matter where they were because they were Jupiter Hollow or New York, the individuals, and then the actual, when we were in those places, they they gave us such great sets as and well. To, to the shout out to the costume designer you said earlier, because they had carrot purses when they were living in Jupiter Hollow. I said, is this material with Sometimes carrots on it? Purse. And they had a carrot purse. I was like, oh my Sometimes gosh, this is hilarious. Purse. I love this. I want a carrot purse now. I thought that that was so funny that they had a purse with carrots on it. And can I tell you, I love when stuff in movies really marks the time of that movie. And what is more 80s than press on nails? Right. Yes. That 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 Jupiter Hollow Sadie that just had her, Yo, you know, her soul, her soul needed to be in New York and wealthy. She was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get some press on nails." <laughs> and, and then a few scenes later, I guess I should have pressed harder. It's, even, it's, even, it's even funny what she considers luxury. You know, it was the all she knew. It was the best she knew. You know. Yeah. Which, and, meanwhile, in 2022. You could probably purchase a pair of press-on nails that are um, 
what is it, an original design, you can get them for 40 and 50 and 60 and 70 and 80 dollars. Like this is how much press oils are now because people are literally like it's a business for people because they're making unique designs for them. So it's just crazy how I, things I remember, are. I remember circle, press on nails. Press on nails being oh, all over the house. They were Ooh. all over the house because all they would over. be falling off. They did not stay on. Say, I don't shout out to Sally Jensen. <laughs> everybody has some of them press on nails. It wasn't Sally Hansen. Is it Hansen? Whoever Brittany, it is. Brittany, and here's Sally. Whoever Brittany, it is. Her ducks were not in a get, row before. You never get the names right. But I always but get half of it right. I was going to say, but you're always very right. close. Thank you. Because why? <laughs> I might, I might, I'm in a neighborhood. I might not be at the house, but I'm in the neighborhood. But you're in the neighborhood. You're Got in it. the neighborhood. Thank That's you. That's right. Which shout out to that as well, which was hilarious. When they pulled up and that man was speaking so slowly. Oh, Brittany, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> was oh, so that was, that was a good set off. It really was. It shows the difference between New York world. mindset and Jupiter Hollow mindset. <laughs> They the were New all York. the way down the street, and he was like, "But you can't yo, go there." He in. is clearly <laughs> in crisis. It's <laughs> like, well, <laughs> yeah. He was well, like, yo, you I, I, go I gotta say, you know, Aubrey, you said you laughed out loud by watching it. I definitely laughed out loud while watching it. Since you said you didn't laugh out loud, but you smiled, I think it says I something. laughed out loud a couple times. Oh, you did? Just a couple. So this is, it's nice. It's not, I mean, did it accomplish its goal of being a comedy? I think so, you know? And um, bro, I think we can go to the vote. I feel like we yeah. covered all of the categories, all of the, the sections. This movie is a classic for me. And when I usually say it's a classic, I mean, overall, it's a classic. But like, like I went to Rotten Tomatoes and the movie's at like a 67%. And it was for audience it was like a 35 percent for critics i'm like and then in my mind i'm like is this just because we watched this a bunch when i'm a kid that i love this but i just have to land on it's a classic like if i was this would be a movie I, I you know i've shown this movie to to people you know what i'm saying and it's just a classic to me i think it's just a it's not it's just it's not a you know epic like, I wouldn't be like, yo, you're about to see the best movie you have ever. So, like, turn off the lights and, you know, hold on to your socks. Like, <laughs> it's not like that. But it's like, yo, this is a good time for our 36 minutes. So I I'll go ahead and give it my polka dot suit. Yeah, bro. I'm also going to give this movie my polka dot suit because I feel like I could watch this over and over again. Yeah, I could. And too. I have and I will. And we should you watch know? it together the next time. Totally. Right? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I won't get tired of it. And that that says a lot. You yeah. know, I'm not a person that just watches movies over and over again. I would totally just keep watching this one. And the other thing, and again, as just as a person who right now is a student of, of comedy writing, the way that all of those characters had such unique voices, I got to say, for me, in that way, this movie was like setting a, a standard. Mm. Because for, for New York Sadie and, uh -huh. and Jupiter Hollow Sadie to have such unique voices, it was, it was about the acting being good. But it was also about the, the, the voices just being written well in the script. So I got to say, yeah, I just thought the movie was well done and it was a good time and it doesn't 
it, I just don't think it'll ever get old to me. Right. So that's why for me, it gets the polka dot dress. Um, I am, I struggled with this movie and the movie is going to get um, my polka dot suit because of what it meant back in the day. Not for what it means for me now. Um, I enjoyed it, but I don't foresee myself being like, I'm about to watch this. Like when we get together for the holidays, you turn it on. I will sit and I will watch it, but it's because of how it will make me feel. I'm with my family and we're watching something we used to watch. It wouldn't necessarily be like, oh my goodness, I love this movie so much. I can't wait to watch it. Mm -hmm. Um, With that being said, it doesn't take away in my mind how talented and amazing every last actor and actress was from people who only had a couple of lines to individuals who had several lines. Um, I I would not, um, so I'm not, it's not taking away from that or anything. It just, I, it didn't give me the laughs and the things that I thought it would. It kept my interest. But yeah, for me, if I was basing it just off of that, I wouldn't make it a classic, but I want to make it a classic because of what the, because of nostalgia. So it has my polka dot suit. That's it, folks. Big business is a classic from the right perspective. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thanks, bro and sis. Love you. Love you Bye. Too. Love y'all. Bye.